Hello and welcome to the Business Finance Bulletin, episode 100. So welcome again to the Business Finance Bulletin, episode 100 with me, Rob Warlow from Business Loan Services. Well, this podcast is a little different from the usual one that we do. As you know, every week we do a video bulletin. And uh, this month, to celebrate the 100th episode, um, the video version was actually a collection of outtakes and fails um, taken from the last 100 episodes. So as you can imagine, from a podcast version, it probably wouldn't come out as well, being very visual. So I've decided to do a podcast-only version for this 100th episode. So what have I got for you in this this week's bulletin. Well, we're going to be looking at how to put a cash flow together, um, how successful businesses actually are in getting a yes from a bank, what you can do if you get a no, and also going to be looking at the extension of the funding for lending scheme. And finally, in a clip from an interview that I did, looking at the importance of the executive summary. So let's start off straight away by looking at preparing a cash flow forecast. If you've ever gone to a bank to raise finance and you're sat there in front of the bank manager, has he ever asked you this question, can I please see your cash flow forecast? Now, if you have had that question, it's likely that your shoulders came down, you gave a great big sigh and you thought, oh no, more number crunching to go through. Well, a cash flow forecast when it comes to raising money is very important. And in fact, I had this discussion and this week with a client when we were putting a cash flow forecast together. Quite rightly, the client said, Rob, why do we need to be doing this? Um, Here's the key thing to remember. I can put a profit and loss together, but the profit and loss is not a real reflection of how your business works on a day-to-day basis. You think about this. In my profit and loss forecast, we will put down, for example, all the invoices that you intend issuing over the next 12 months, all the overheads you're likely to pay out, and hopefully the figure at the bottom line is your profit. But the thing to remember is that in your profit and loss, the invoices are when they're issued. They don't actually tie in with when you receive the cash. That's where a cash flow forecast comes in. It's all about the timing of payments you make out, and the timing of the payments that you receive. And this is really important because on paper, you can be an extremely profitable business. But if the terms of trade work against you, and by terms of trade, I mean the 60, 90 days that you may give your clients, for example, if they work against you, it can have a real detrimental effect on the cash flow of your business. And this is what the bank wants to see. How are your growth plans going to affect your ability to fund it in terms of cash. Now, what a cash flow forecast does, and this is one of the major benefits, is that when you're sitting down and you're forced to really pull your business apart from a cash flow perspective, I tell you what, it gives you a great insight into how your business really operates. And it also makes you understand the importance of managing cash flow, managing late payment, making sure you get all of the payments in on time. Get all that wrong, and that can be modelled in your cash flow, you can see how important um, managing cash correctly is. So if you want to sit down and try and work out your cash flow for yourself, and it will be difficult first time, there's plenty of support out there. Just go to your favourite search engine and type in cash flow forecast template, 
and you'll find plenty of options there. Alternatively, happy to share the ones that we use. All you have to do is just drop us an email, info at businessloanservices.co.uk, and happy to share that with you. So I urge you, sit down and do it. Um, it. Yes, it will be a bit of a pain and quite torturous to go through it, but I'll tell you, you will benefit from it in the long run. Sit down, put time aside, do a cash flow forecast. During the depths of the credit crunch, access to finance was consistently quoted as the number one barrier to growth. And this concern obviously led to a swathe of initiatives to encourage banks to lend more, none of which I can say unfortunately claimed to be a huge success. However, whilst the access to finance barrier remains steadfastly in place for many businesses, there's clear evidence coming out that many SMEs have successfully overcome this hurdle to get a yes from their bank. Well, throughout the credit crunch, an independent research group called the SME Finance Monitor Team have been engaging with up to 5,000 SMEs every quarter to find out about their experience of dealing with banks. And the findings, well, they've been a fascinating insight into what is really going on. And the last report to the quarter ended June 2015 reveals that more businesses than you may think are getting that all-too-elusive yes from their bank. So with the improving economy, the myth that the majority of businesses are still struggling to get finance is slowly being eroded. In terms of a successful outcome to a finance request, what does the SME finance report reveal? Well, first of all, for mature businesses which applied for a new or renewed loan or an overdraft facility in the 18 months to June 2015, the team found out that a staggering 79% ended up with a facility. Is that much higher than you thought? Hmm. And the success rate has been steadily climbing, with the latest result moving up from 67% seen in the previous 18 months to quarter 4 2013. So what do the figures look like uh, for loans or overdraft requests on a separate basis? Well, of the businesses that applied for an overdraft facility, 84% were successful compared to 69% for loan applications. So clearly, you're going to be more successful if you apply for a short-term facility. So let's drill down further. What about those businesses that applied for finance for the very first time? Well, perhaps not too surprisingly, they struggled much more than repeat borrowers in getting what they requested. In fact, the outcome for first-time applicants was that only 58% were successful. So more hard work there for the banks to do. Well, the one finding that always comes as a shock to some is exactly how many businesses actually want to borrow. The assumption is often that the large majority of businesses are in need of finance. Each quarter, though, the SME Finance Monitor team really blows this myth out of the water. In the latest report, when asked whether they borrowed in the last five years or seek to borrow in the next three months, those SMEs who answered no are termed as permanent non-borrowers. The result? Well, 49% of SMEs said that they fell into this category, and this number's been steadily increasing over time, up from about 34% in 2011. So that means that half of the SMEs questions said they have no interest in borrowing at all. Now, when the question on appetite to borrow is focused on a much shorter period, the figure is even more surprising. On being asked if they were going to be borrowing over the previous 12 months, um, those SMEs answered no were classified as happy non-seekers. And again, 80% of SMEs' questions said they fell into this category. 
And I'm sure you'll agree with me that figure is much higher than most people would assume, with nearly 80% of businesses saying they've not borrowed and have no intention of borrowing over the previous 12 months. Well, the message here is twofold. Don't automatically assume you're going to get a no from your bank because the majority of your fellow business owners are getting what they need. And secondly, don't fall into the trap of thinking that all businesses want to borrow. Many are perfectly happy where they are. The business plan. Yep, this is a question normally asked by banks when you go to raise money. Where is your business plan? Well, I've got a a clip for an interview to share with you where I'm talking about one aspect of writing a business plan, which is the executive summary. What is it? Why is it important? And also, why is the executive summary at the beginning? So here we go to this interview now and hope you enjoy it. So if we go into a bit more detail then about what the plan would look like, first things to start with would be the executive summary. Right. You start with a summary. And why would you start with a summary? Because usually a summary is at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. it is. It's a bit, a bit strange. The reason we have a summary at the, at the beginning is a couple of reasons, and it's really written in that sense for the bank manager's perspective. If you think about it, the bank manager is going to have a stack of business plans sitting around him. Mm. Okay. Um, and he may pick up your business plan on the Monday morning and have a quick flick through. But he doesn't have time to look at it then, so he has to put it away. Um, come the Wednesday, he's got a bit more time. And he said, well, I remember flicking through that plan. What was it about? I can't really remember. So if he did this executive summary, it's really an overview of the whole plan put down into one or two pages. Okay. So it means on the Monday morning, he could just read the summary, mm. get a feel for it. That's fine. Okay. Come back to it Wednesday, quickly read the summary. Oh, yeah, I get I remember this one. Yeah. So straight into, into, the, into the mind frame. The other reason why you would put the summary in the beginning is that um, as we'll discover later, there are banks that like certain sectors, industry sectors, and some banks don't like certain sectors. So if he's picking up the summary, you can immediately look at it and say, ah, oh, this is not for us. Right. We're not in particularly into this sector at the moment. So he's not had to sit down for one hour to go yes. through a whole document. Then, oh, right, if I'd known that at the beginning, then I could have saved myself time. Yeah. So that's another reason why you put a summary at the beginning. Another reason as well, you alluded earlier about the um, bank managers have to go to a higher level sometimes mm. to get approval. There are some bank managers who will have um, what's called lending discretions themselves. They can go up to a certain limit. So if you're uh, included in your summary is, I want £100,000, then the manager picking up knows immediately when he sees that oh, I can do this myself. Mm. I don't have to refer it on to anybody else. Right. So it really, the, the purpose of the summary is just to get the reader in a mindset of what's to come. It's just a condensed version of the 20, 30 pages that may follow. There's nothing more demoralising or agonisingly annoying than hearing that word no from your bank. So, what do you do? Do you silently walk away, shaking your head as you unceremoniously put your business plan in the nearest bin? Or do you decide to fight back because you feel your bank has misunderstood the opportunity? Now, if you're a fighter and you genuinely believe the bank's got the decision wrong, there is a way to get your bank to relook at your request. Yet despite there being a formal appeal process in place, many business owners don't realise that such an avenue exists. So where's this come from? Well, back in 2010, during the depths of the credit crunch, the government spearheaded the formation of the Business Finance Task Force. It was made up of all the major banks and the aim of the task force was to come up with actions to make access to finance easier. 
Of the 17 actions, one of them was that each bank was required to establish a formal loan appeal process, whereby businesses like you, which felt that the no from your bank was unfair, had a route to ask that your application could be reconsidered. So, who can go down this appeal route? Well, first of all, there are three key eligibility criteria that you have to meet before a lending application appeal can be launched. First of all, your company's group turnover must be less than £25 million. Secondly, the appeal, you must make it within 30 days of the decision being communicated to you. And thirdly, no previous appeal requests have been made in respect of the same application. So if you satisfy all those criteria and you wish to appeal the decision, you can go and request details on how to proceed either directly from your bank via your relationship manager who will give you details or just go onto your bank's website, find out their search bar and type in loan appeal process and that process should come up. Another way is that you can visit the Better Business Finance website and that's betterbusinessfinance.co.uk forward slash appeal. There you'll find a form that you can fill in, which will then be submitted onto your bank. So, once your appeal has been lodged, an independent team will then look at it. Now, this team will not have been involved in the original decision. They'll review your application and may ask questions of you or ask for further information to clarify certain points. Now, typically, the bank has to get back to you with an answer within 30 days of you lodging the appeal. So how successful has this initiative been? Well, in requesting each bank to establish its loan appeal process, it was realised that the banks need to be held to account to ensure the process was robustly implemented. And to fulfil this role, uh, Professor Russell Griggs, he's an external independent reviewer, was appointed to conduct regular on-site and off-site monitoring of each bank's appeal process. So, Professor Griggs and his team now report on a quarterly and annual basis, and you know, his findings have been proved to be a really useful insight into how banks are dealing with those appeals. Now, the latest review has just come out uh, covering the quarter April to June 2015, and the report finds that there were 858 appeals lodged, yeah, and of those, 196 were successful. Now, that's a 23% overturn rate. And what does that mean in pounds? Well, that resulted in businesses successfully borrowing an additional £1.5 million. Not bad. But how does that success rate compare with previous years? Well, in the latest report, Griggs notes that in his first review to the year of March 2012, the overturn rate was 40%. And compare that now to the latest quarter of 23%. Now, at first glance, it would seem that the banks are beginning to go backwards with fewer successful appeals. But Griggs explains that this apparent slippage is really down to banks being better at weeding out marginal applications early on by providing more proactive support. Now, the outcome of this is that those applications which are making it to appeal are much more marginal and hence the overturn rate is in decline. So, if you were at the receiving end of that rather blunt no from your bank and you feel the decision is wrong, think about taking control and start the loan appeal process. You just may be one of those 23% who turned a no into a yes.
Moving on now to the funding for lending scheme and the announcement by the Bank of England that it's providing a two-year extension to the scheme. Now, this is good news and given a boost to the growing number of challenger banks who use the scheme and SMEs who are on the hunt for cheaper finance and better access to funding. So what is the funding for lending scheme? Well, it was launched in 2012 at the height of the credit crunch and was designed to provide banks with a cheaper source of funding, which in turn would then be passed on to SMEs in the form of cheaper loans. Now, I've discussed in previous bulletins and blogs in the years since the scheme's been in existence that it has drawn criticism that its effectiveness was questionable. Now, this may be the case amongst the high street banks where usage has been patchy, except in the case of Lloyd's, which is part owned by the government. But the rising challenger banks have certainly taken advantage of the scheme. In fact, the latest figures available to the end of June 2015 in respect of the second tranche of funding for lending scheme cash shows exactly how much banks have accessed the scheme and what's outstanding. And the figure shows that the smaller lenders are the ones who have taken the most advantage. So, top of the tree, Lloyds Bank. They've got the largest chunk outstanding of $24 billion. But then it comes down to the likes of Skipton Building Society, who've got about $855 million, and Aldermore Bank, $710 million. So, you can see the smaller challenger banks are really making active use of the scheme. So, looking at the latest overall bank lending figures, though, to the end of September, it does seem that SMEs are beginning to benefit from increased bank lending. The figures from the Bank of England show that gross lending, now that's new loans and utilised overdrafts, in September amounted to £5 billion. However, offset against this, of course, is the amount of loans and overdrafts that are repaid in that month, which in September came to £4.5 billion. So as a result, this resulted in an increase in the net lending to SMEs of £500 million. So an increase in the lending figure is becoming much more frequent. In the last 12 months to September, the growth in amounts outstanding to SMEs, both in loans and overdraft, was an increase of 0.7%. That doesn't sound a lot, perhaps, but compared to the historic figures of a fall in the amounts outstanding of 3 to 4%, this nominal increase is obviously a major win. So there's still some way to go, but with the extension of the funding for lending scheme and a growing range of finance options, SMEs are clearly in a far better place than they have been for a long time. Well, that's it for this special edition of the Business Finance Bulletin, the podcast-only version. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the video version and the usual version was really a very visual um, episode because it contained a lot of outtakes. If you do want to see those places where I've made mistakes and and dropped a load of bloomers, all you have to do, go along to YouTube and search for Rob Waller or go to your favourite search engine and type in Business Finance Bulletin, episode 100. And uh, there you can have a laugh and look at those um, outtakes and fails so that's it thanks very much for being with me on this episode um business will be back to normal in episode 101 where i'll be continuing to share the latest news ideas and tips on raising finance so look forward to being with you again thanks very much 